Hi, this is Alex Romanovich of Global Edge Talk Podcast, and today we have a very special guest, special to me and special in general. Vadim Perlman is with us. Hello, Vadim. Hello. Uh, I want to tell you a few words about Vadim. Vadim is a well-known Hollywood director and producer. He happens to be my classmate for one grade back in Kiev, Ukraine. I mean, I, I don't even want to say how many years back, right? <laughs> and um, uh, we're going to... We, bl- we have black and white photos of our class. We have black and white that, photos that, of that, That's a hint. Exactly. Uh, we're going to reminisce <laughs> a little bit about this. Uh, Vadim was born in 1963, the year I was born, in Kiev, uh, back in the Soviet Union, when Kiev was still part of the Soviet Union. But he's well known for as a director and producer of uh, famous feature films, House of Sand and Fog, 2003, The Light Before Her Eyes, 2007, and the very last, uh, latest, I shouldn't say last, latest feature film, Persian Lessons of 2020, which we will talk about as well. Uh, but in the in the middle of all of this, there were a number of other movies and a number of other productions as well. He worked with um, such uh, Oscar-nominated uh, performers uh, himself as well for direction and production. But he also worked with Ben Kingsley, Shura Agdeshlu, both uh, for House of Sand and Fog. And he is also uh, well-known for his stories, for his... Um, amazing uh, journey that we will discuss as well. Uh, he is a global citizen. He maintains homes in probably three to four countries. Is that correct? Yeah. yeah. Um, Lately, mostly in Canada. Yes. Canada, United States, Los Angeles, Czech Republic, Russia, uh, Western Europe, and so many others. So, Vadim, welcome to our studio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Um, first, I would love to, even though that may not be your favorite topic because you, you spoke about it so many times, but I would love to talk about some of the early years. Um, and um, I think it's a, it's a story in itself. Your early years uh, back in uh, Soviet Ukraine, a little bit about, about immigration, your hardship years, but your determination, your emergence as one of the most promising directors and producers in Hollywood working with Steven Spielberg and names like that. Can you say a few words about that early path, if you will? Well, you know, I, I think we were quite similar in our, in our, in our, in our path in, that, in, in, the, in the way of the early years, is that we're uh, born to Jewish families in, uh, in Kiev. And... Uh, in my case, we lived in a communal flat. I don't know where you guys live, but uh, it was a communal flat. Is Same here. Same here. Communal yeah. flat, right? Yeah, where, where many families live in one place and share a kitchen and uh, bathroom facilities. And uh, <clears throat> it's the kind of place where you have uh, laundry drying on a rope in the, in the corridor, in the, in the middle of the place. And... Uh, then at some point, I think, uh, you know, with the difference of one year uh, we or a couple of years, we had left, uh, immigrated, ostensibly to go to Israel, but uh, because that's, that's the country that was given us visas. And, uh, you know, at that time, we took kind of a detour and, uh, and went to 
In my case, we went to Austria for a very short time, then Italy, where for almost a year, we were nine, nine plus months in Italy, and then Canada, for, in my case, Western Canada, Edmonton. And so it, very, very trying, uh, different, scary kind of a journey, you know, we didn't know where we were going. We weren't, uh, we weren't allowed to come back in any way whatsoever because as soon as we applied to leave, we were immediately branded traitors of the motherland. Uh, my mother lost her job. I was kicked out of school and so on. So we just sat there on our suitcases, as we called it, and waited for, um, for the permission to leave. My grandfather was uh, taken out of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Yeah. So, yeah, it was very dramatic. Well, taken out was, I'm glad it wasn't, it wasn't worse. <laughs> taken out's not so bad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so, um, and then, um, you know, I had a few, uh, as, as it's documented, uh, interestingly, interesting years in my, in my youth, where I was kind of a rebel in the new country. And um, uh, I, should, I should mention that this was just my mother and I, um, that we went through the whole journey. Uh, I lost my dad when I was nine years old in Kiev, and so it was, I was the only child. So it was just me and me and my mom going on this uh, crazy journey, and and um, and then slowly but surely, you know, I, I wised up. I went to school, um, and um, I went to university. Eventually, worked construction. I did, I did all kinds of crazy jobs, manual menial labor. And um, then I ended up in University of Alberta at that time in the science program, left that, went to film school in Toronto, uh, left that <laughs> in the middle of the second year and uh, started my own production company in Toronto uh, where we did very, very uh, low budget uh, music videos, kind of band demos, more like it. And, uh, and then I moved to L.A., and about three months into being in LA, I got my first paying gig as a as a director, which was shockingly uh, lucky and uh, incredibly uh, fortuitous for that time. And then, then just right away to the Oscars. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> then, then there was a, you know a long hard road. I started out doing commercials. Uh, and music videos we did quite 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 well in that. I was one of the top directors of commercials in the world. Uh, to this day, I have I've made about three hundred and fifty of them uh, of the largest budgets and the largest corporations uh, all over the world. And then at some point, you know, I, I um, it was very interesting how I found my first project. I was on a job, on a shoot uh, in Rome. And it was the first time I've been in Rome since almost literally living in the streets of Rome and being a little street urchin in Rome uh, in my very early teen years. And, and so I, um, I was at the airport and I picked up a book and that was House of Sand and Fog. Um, picked up a book to read on the plane that affected me so much that I, I got the rights and I really, truly believed that that was something that I should make. And in a way, it ended up being true. Yeah. 
Um, let me ask you a question uh, right up front. That experience of immigration, that experience that is, you know, somewhat dramatic for uh, for a teenager uh, who is experiencing hardship, um, it must have made a tremendous impact on your on your life um, and the life of your family, your mom, and so forth. Did it ever come into your enter into your mind to actually create something of that journey? You know, meaning. Did, did did you have an idea of actually creating a movie about some about something like this? Uh, many people have suggested it. You know that that I do that because it is it is quite an interesting story. It, it, if I if I got into details, it would be even more interesting and shocking and um, fascinating uh, kind of immigrant tale. Um, I you know I don't really. I don't want to be literal about it. I don't want, you know, I don't want to tell a story about me. You know, I think what I do little bit by little bit is take little aspects of it, little tangential aspects, sometimes, sometimes real aspects of my experience, of my life experience in general, not just the immigration, and put it into my films. You know, I think House of Sand and Fog has a lot of that, uh, has a lot of my life in it. Um, Persian Lessons has a lot of my life in it, in a way, even though I've never been in a concentration camp. But it, it has a lot of similar metaphoric uh, meaning to me. And I'm perfectly satisfied with just staying that way instead of uh, doing an autobiography. Anyway. Okay. Uh, I mean, it's good to know that, uh, and I, I totally agree with you, that I did notice, I, I, I've seen... Uh, you know, in watching all of the movies, I've seen um, some aspects of it as well. I recognize some of the aspects of it. Uh, not many people can recognize it unless they, they can relate and unless they can go through a similar type of experience. And obviously your experience is very unique and everyone's is, but um, I, I did recognize some of it. Um, but nevertheless, it's a very, I think it, it would be a fascinating story. Um, how did maybe, that, one, maybe one day. Maybe one day. Let's hope. Um, how did that experience shape your entire life philosophy? Uh, as it pertains to movies, as it pertains to your philosophy in life. And well, we'll, we'll talk more, we'll explore more of, of, of your views, whether they're you know, liberal or not. Um, I, I've, um, I've uh, actually seen some of the other interviews and so forth. I have so many questions about that as well. But how did that experience shape you? Well, I think it gave me interesting, you know, I'm looking at the screen here and it says global edge. It gave me exactly that. It gave me, gave me a global edge. Uh, it made me, uh, gave me an outside perspective, an outsider's perspective on many things. Uh, it made me hungrier, I think, especially in my youth when I was younger and trying to make it and trying to, to stand out um, from others. It made me more, um, it gave me a real interesting perspective even on, on Western American way of life, you know, because I think, I think immigrants, we see it differently. We really do. And uh, uh, sometimes it's, it's hard to see your own, fan, to judge your own family. Uh, I'm talking about Americans who've been born there. 
but it's easier to, to see it from the outside. Um, made me hungrier in general, as I said. You know, it made me more um, work harder, I guess, in a way. So you're hungrier, or you were hungrier, but yet you, based on that philosophy, that same philosophy, you walked away from a number of different projects because of your yeah. conviction, because of your of that philosophy in life, because you did not want to compromise certain things. Talk about that. I have a very specific um, attitude about about my work. You know, I, I think commercials when I do them, they don't have my name on it. They make me money. They're an easy uh, school for me even to to learn new techniques and to try different things and you know so that I don't consider I don't put that under my guidelines but my guidelines for film are quite quite stringent you know I I um, I want to leave behind something that matters I think and and uh, something that that moves people something that affects people and not just another credit not just another um, line in IMDb database, you know, uh, I don't, it's not about quantity for me. And by being that way, by being obstinate and choosy and particular, whatever synonym you want to use, you know, uh, I, yeah, I've lost a lot of opportunities. I, I've turned down a lot of things that would have made me a lot of money, would have gave me a lot more fame than I have. And I'm just very specific that way. Um, so hungry doesn't doesn't apply to to films. Hungry does not apply to films. Got it. No. no. <laughs> um, uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the films uh, that you've made, you produced, you directed. Um, they seem to have a thread. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before. They seem to have a thread of unpredictability. They have a thread of destiny. They have a, a thread of uh, we have no. Those are two. Those are two mutually opposing. Right. Uh, destiny and unpredictability. Uh, right. Well, I mean, um, unless you know the destiny, right? I mean, we tend not to know the destiny. Unfortunately, unfortunately, um, yeah. and uh, we have no idea what's going to happen next. Uh, there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of death. There's a lot of um, um, there's a lot of dark. There's a lot of drama. There's a lot of darkness. One can actually view uh, the movies and say, you know, Perlman is actually a, has a lot of darkness uh, in his soul. Um, tell me more about, tell our audience more about this. Is this, is this the case? Not really, no. I mean, for me, it's, it's important for me to elicit emotion, you know, to elicit some sort of empathy for the characters and, and care and, uh, and we'll call it tears, you know, as a, as one emotion. Call it, you know. And to do that, you have to you have to raise the stakes, you know, every time in your story. And raising the stakes means raising the stakes for your characters, and which quite often involves super dramatic situations uh, for them, you know, that obviously have death, illness, capture. Uh, imprisonment. I mean, all these things. You know, th this is this is. I didn't invent that. It's it's been done by the Greeks, 
many, many <laughs> centuries ago, the Greek tragedies where they took people and put them in very hardship, very um, uh, personality trying situations where, you know, where you have, uh, where you have to decide what kind of person you are. And, and I think that's, that, that's what I like instead of making something that's trite and fluffy and just, just forget. I like to have an impact. Impact, the edge, you know, characters are constantly on the edge. But I would like to say, uh, as part of our podcast, that's what gives them the edge as well. That's what gives them the ability to survive. In the, in the very uh, latest feature film, uh, Persian Lessons, the main character is, has to, must think on his feet very quickly and adapt to the situation almost within seconds. And that's what gives him the survival. Is this something from your life? Is this something that you had to experience in your life? Absolutely. You know, when, 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 and I think it's something from your life as well. <laughs> when we arrived in, in our new country, we had to learn the language. At least I did, you know. And so, therefore, we had to invent ourselves. You know, we had to invent. Just so for people who don't know, Persian Lessons, which is the latest film, is about a Jewish uh, guy, young man, who ends up saving his life from being from being shot by the Nazis by pretending that he's Persian. And one of the officers at the camp, at the transit camp, wants to learn Farsi for whatever reason he would. That's his. So he takes him as a tutor. And so this kid has to teach him Farsi, a language he doesn't know. He has to make up Farsi. He doesn't know a single word. So he knows one word. And, and uh, so that, that's basically the plot of the film, uh, survival story. And, and so I feel there's a very, very close parallel to this is something I just discovered. I, when I was making the film, I didn't think, I didn't even think of it, but something I discovered now while giving interviews about it, while you know, supporting the film, is that it's about me. Uh, when I arrived in Canada, I didn't know a single word of English. I had to pretend to know the language in order to fit in, in order to quote unquote survive. And therefore, you know, I felt kind of like a fraud the way, the same way my character feels, uh, the character in the film feels um, in relation to the other prisoners who are not, not surviving, who are being sent to Auschwitz, who are being killed, you know, just train loads and train loads one after the other. And he stays and he survives by faking his own persona. And so in a, in a strange parallel, obviously not quite the same stakes, but uh, in a strange parallel, I was surviving. I was faking my own persona in, in my immigration by, you know, trying not to stand out, trying to, to, to get by and, and live on, as we say, in a new, as a completely new person. That's pretty amazing. It's, it's, um, it is so true, though, that we have to, in order to survive, we have to fake, we have to adapt, we have to do a lot of those play a role. things, play a role, yeah. almost, yeah. and um, 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 I don't want to say pretend necessarily, because that situation defines us, you know, it, it makes us stronger, it makes us adapt maybe to new rules, 
uh, we learned something I mean, from to it. To this right? day, Alex, to this day, right now, we are faking our accent. We're, we're trying to smooth it out. We're trying to lose it. That is you know, true. When we're is, talking. So to this day, absolutely we're, we're true. playing that role. You know, how many years we've been around. Speaking of which, that's a great point. Um, you've made movies in the United States. You've made movies in Eastern Europe. You've made movies in Russia. You've made uh, TV series for which you've won uh, a number of awards in Russia as well, uh, which was very well known throughout the entire Eastern Bloc. Um, you were Oscar nominated, in, you know, for two um, American movies, um, and you've lived in probably at least a dozen countries. Um, what does it mean to you to be a global citizen? What does it mean for you not to have any borders, uh, to speak multiple languages, and basically feel comfortable almost anywhere you go? I love it. I think I think it, it gives me. It gives me the freedom. I mean, it, it's it's a it's a luxury that I wish you know a lot of people would have. It's you know the ability to to move, the ability not to become stagnant, to uh, to see new opportunities, to, to 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 see how the same things are perceived in different countries. You know, it's uh, it's quite interesting, and and especially as a creative person, it gives me a lot of material. You know, a lot of a lot of perspective so let's enter COVID. let's enter the pandemic 2020 let's look at the united states of america mm -hmm. this super... is where i where i entered it by the way right i came from berlin festival where my film was premiering in february 22nd of 2020 where there was absolutely no COVID. nobody was i mean it was in china at the time right um, maybe somewhere else but nobody really publicized it yet and the whole world um, uh, gathered in Berlin for the festival. And I remember the lobby of my hotel, the Chinese, the Italians. <laughs> I mean, it was crazy, the whole world. You know, crowds, I had to make my way like this through them. No masks yet, no, no nothing, nobody, you know. And this was February 22nd. So having skated by that without getting infected, I uh, got on the plane and flew to LA, and that's when that's when I had to to face the thing. That thing. In facing so. the thing, in now you being like many others, being limited in your travel, in your travels, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, having friends and family members all over the world. Um, what sort of entered your mind? How how were you going to plan or survive oh, this definitely definitely period. taking uh, my my pocketbooks definitely taking a hit you know it's it's uh i'm getting just commercials offered all, all over the place that i can't go i can't go in many places uh, you know i um if i go i can't really when i come back in canada we have to uh, apart from the certificate we have to Pay two thousand dollars, spend three days in a hotel, and then fourteen day quarantine. After that, at home, so it's kind of like a big hassle too. Uh, two thousand dollars for upkeep in the hotel—that's what they make you pay. And so, uh, apart from that, in a strange way, I haven't really felt a difference apart from the travel. You know, 
my day is pretty much the same. You know, I'll, I'll wake up, I'll, I'll have a couple of Zoom meetings. And I did that before, except it was Skype, it wasn't Zoom yet. Which is, by the way, my theory is that the people behind the whole coronavirus are the developers of Zoom application. I'm pretty sure. You have to follow, if you follow the money, they are the ones behind it. <laughs> and uh, I, um, you know, so my day, my, I haven't, I've been affected only, uh, I'm not able to see my kids as much, uh, my parents, my mom, and, um, and travel for work. Otherwise, it's all the same. I sit here, I read my books, I write, I edit. This is where my life is centered right now. What can we expect from you next after two Oscar-nominated features after, you know, we, we don't know what's going to happen with Persian lessons, frankly. The world in, at large hasn't seen it yet. Uh, um, Spain has seen it. It was a huge success in Spain. Right. Like a gigantic success. Germany it was a big success. Those are theatrical releases, all of them. Somehow Spain managed to do it right, right. now right. Uh, with reduced whatever seating, but they still did it. Uh, we're getting amazing responses from people. Some countries like the U.S. and Canada are holding it till this is over so they can release it, which is constantly grateful to them. Uh, it's, um, it's, you know, I think it's a film that's going to be seen. I really do. And after that, I, you know, I have a project uh, that I'm trying to get off the ground, uh, casting. It's, it's already passed, essentially. I'm just looking for money right now for uh, an American project. That's, that's uh, based on a famous novel, um, Russell Banks. I don't know if you know this author. Uh, and uh, other than that, I'm looking, constantly looking, you know, reading. You're looking reading. for scripts? Are you looking for ideas? Are you looking for I'm looking for, for, for ideas, books. Somebody recommend a book or this should be a movie. You know, and so on. Mostly, I, I think books is, is where I, I gain a lot of my uh, inspiration. But, uh, you know, ideas, yeah, and scripts, if there's already ready. There's not that many good ready scripts. You know, scripts you have to write. Especially, I, you know, if it's for me, I have to write. So. Have you ever, by the way, have you ever made a movie or series or, or a or feature based on somebody else's script? Well, yeah, uh, Persian Lessons was, was actually the first one. Interesting. I did, I did a lot of work on it, but, uh, but it's, you know, it's not script it still belongs to the original writer. Mm -hmm. uh, let's go back to COVID. Uh, not COVID, the, the actual disease and the pandemic, but the, the circumstances and, uh, you know, our audience is global, uh, global entrepreneurs, even some uh, folks from the entertainment industry, uh, even some of the filmmakers from, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, my friends, um, Jeffrey Merrihue, Mo Film uh, Network and so forth. Um, you know, if, for, for a business person, for somebody who's managing an event, for somebody who is uh, selling something, marketing something and so forth, I guess the replacement of face-to-face type of a relationship or communications with this, with Zoom, maybe it was not as dramatic, right? Because we all, you know, in business, we always use Zoom yeah. and so forth and so on. But, but let's talk about, you know, let's talk about 
do even doing a commercial. Let's talk about doing a movie, doing a uh, a feature film. Uh, what is one to do in this particular situation? How do you adapt to for, you know to well, something like you this? adapt by you know casting. You do it this way now with Zoom and with uh, self tapes and so on. So you don't have that immediate uh, connection with the actor. Uh, well, shooting obviously you can't do remotely. You know, some people somehow attempt that, but you can't. I can't be like looking at this and not being able to see out of the corner of my eye. You know what's happening in front of me, and I need that live uh, connection. Um, if it's something simple, maybe, but not not like a not a not a scene in a movie would be very hard. Um, yeah, it's tougher. It's tougher, but I think it's 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 almost over. I, I really feel it. I'm very optimistic about it. I think that um, and middle of summer we're going to see it go away. I hope so. And I, I uh, you know, I, I agree with you that it's uh, it's not going to last forever. Obviously, I'm traveling to Florida tomorrow. As a matter of fact, to see my folks who have been vaccinated finally. Um, I'm here in Canada, which is where you are. Uh, the vaccination is not, uh, uh, you know, as as well, they, um, they, they they totally watched that. Yeah, there is there is um, absolutely it's not available. You know, <laughs> there's yeah. just none. They're they're talking right now. They're getting some shipment. They haven't even started with the eighty year olds. Wow, in Canada, yeah. so it's very terrible. But the, I don't know the definite statistics, but it seems to have leveled off quite a bit. You know, I mean, it, Vancouver, where I live, it's the restaurants open. Every restaurant, the movie theaters, I think. I'm not sure. I'm gone. So, uh, but you know, it's pretty much open. Malls. Aside from your personal situation right now, where you have to be in Vancouver, um, what are your plans for travel next? What, what well, you... next, I absolutely have to go see my kids in LA. I miss them tremendously. I haven't seen them right now since, well, since I left LA in uh, April of last year. Uh, but uh, Moscow wants me desperately for some uh, for some projects and some things, uh, um, short shorter projects, like pilots and um, commercials. And um, that's that's it. States. You also stayed in Central Eastern Europe, I believe, right? You you you, yeah, live, yeah. you lived in Prague or Prague, the Czech yeah. Republic. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my wife is from Prague, and uh, I've uh, lived in Prague. It's a it's a most amazing city, well, one of my favorite good. cities in Central Europe. Um, you know, for some reason, uh, the former Soviet um, expats have, they prefer this place. They love it. Uh, it's a great movie well, it's making. Kind of, kind of in, it's perfectly in between. You know yeah. what we're used to, and 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 America, you know, which is. But to me, it's just it's a charming place, you know. It's, but it's, it's, it's a, a great movie making place, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and have you done something in Central East? I've Europe? done a ton of commercials yeah. in Prague. Um, yeah, great. Okay. What fact, about that's how I that's how I discovered Prague. Is I had a two thousand six, I believe, had a commercial there, and I went there and I said, Ah, oh, I want to live here. And then um, there were some interesting features done in Kiev in our former, uh, I visit every now and then, but uh, in, in Kiev is still a great destination from what I understand for movie making, commercial making as well. Miley, oh, Miley Cyrus commercial actually. Commercial making for sure. I don't know about, uh, I don't know about 
uh, movies. Well, well, Miley Cyrus did her little feature, music feature for uh, for for really? uh, for a song. Yes, um, yeah. but uh, do you? I mean, it, I mean, from a cost standpoint, maybe from an economic standpoint, you know, that's how uh, in Europe Prague sort of gained the popularity. Do you see the same thing happening with uh, Kiev with Ukraine? I mean, oh it's, yeah, it's I see it. I see it. My my friends have a production service there that uh, services production and you know a lot of commercials, movies, and so right. on. And they're doing really well. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, it's it's a great place for people to save some money and right. and not lose the level of production that you have in, in Europe. Right. You get a lot a lot more for your buck. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Vadim, um, I would love to continue this conversation. I would love to, you know, we, we tend to have very short uh, conversations, you know, half hour, 45 minutes or whatever. But your story is such an amazing story. I would love to, I would love for you to weigh in on some of the discussions and some of the opinions and so forth. So I uh, sure. would love to extend an invitation to continue these discussions and to continue to talk about Uh, movies to talk about stories to talk about your life the life of your family and so forth and uh, I deeply appreciate you coming uh, on board with us and and, uh, doing this uh, interview Um, our audience will be very interested to know that we will be featuring a lot of the links Uh, as soon as the movie is going to be available the very latest one we will be also pointing Great. you in all the different directions and so forth. I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be available online as well, obviously. Oh, yeah, eventually uh, for sure. Yeah, um, but it's a, it's definitely something that belongs on Netflix, on you know, Amazon Prime, on you well, know, will be, uh, yeah, HBO yeah. Max, you know, all of the other yeah. you know, well-known entities. And um, based on what I've seen, it's definitely Oscar you know, great material. So I'm hoping that it will be nominated as well. Uh, Thank thank you so you so much. much. And uh, yeah. we're hoping to see you and talk to you soon. Okay.